0: Hi there and welcome to the team huddle podcast. This is the show for professionals who want to explore leadership with their team. It doesn't matter what your job title is. Huddles work because people come together, supporting each other, sharing ideas, insights, advice, and then making changes to how things are done. Not just what is done. I'm Colin Moby and along with Tasha Thor Stratton, We created this space for leaders and team members who want to become experts in helping their team become braver at seeing and dealing with the challenges they face. Each of these shows was originally recorded as a live video on LinkedIn, but we've repurposed them so you can get hold of all the good stuff easily as these podcasts. During the shows, you'll hear us chatting, often with other fellow leadership experts, about how to put into practice ideas and actions that actually work and make a difference. We want to see teams come together To develop a deeper team spirit and to get more done in a safer and healthier way. In this show, we get into the subject of team engagement, specifically how you turn it around. So many organisations are embarrassed by how disengaged their teams are. They see it in low survey scores, silence during meetings, and more. But disengagement is simply a symptom of something else. In this show, we look at ways to figure out what's really going on and kickstart your team's engagement. Let's get going.
1: Engage! yay <laughs> even yeah. though i'm based in ethics and you're based in nottingham we are still together aren't we yeah.
0: we are it's fascinating that we're so far i'm used to this because my family live at least two hours drive most mostly at least two hours drive away so facetime and all those things have <laughs> helped us engage more but yeah it's fascinating to think that met so many friends and whatnot just never actually met in, in real life yet it will happen it will happen but yeah Cool. So yes, engagement. That's what we're going to talk about today, isn't it? We're going to talk yeah. about that kind of concept where you can see glazed looks in people's eyes or, you know, uh, I was just saying before we started this, uh, I had my son's parents' evening last night and that kind of, when the teacher asks a question of a class and nobody puts their hand up and that kind of mixture of, I don't know the answer, I don't want to put me on the all that kind of disengagement in the reason you're there. So for me, engagement is about the reason you're there. It's the reason you turn up to your screen, your office, your keyboard, your book, your whatever it is you do, your your machine, whatever it is you do for a a job. Um, Why are you there? And expanding that out into the rest of the team. So that's what engagement, that's what I'll be talking about for engagement. What about you, Tasha?
1: Yeah, so engagement for me is really especially you know from an nlp perspective it's engaging with our lives in a certain way because it's not just engagement at work is it it's how you engage with the people around you at work and at home and with your family members so for me really engagement in teams is all about building really great relationships obviously starting with yourself first to have that self awareness which then leads into shared awareness and then you know really understanding how we've already got all those resources in ourselves already but how we can start to communicate differently, ask questions in a different way to get different answers. Because like you said, you know, you, you know, with surveys and all these kind of things that companies do to check the mental fitness of their employees and how people feel in their teams and productivity and all that kind of other stuff, it's quite easy to kind of surpass a survey and to kind of answer in a way that, you know, you think your employers are going to want to, to see. But actually, when we learn how to ask a question in a different way and really listen actively using an LP and obviously the teamship skills, things really do start changing. Because then that's the point where we really get to understand what's really going on, what's really not going on and what we can do together to solve it. So to me, yeah, it's all about relationships and how we engage in our lives, because you can't separate work from home, can you?
0: No, not at all. I think. We've tried. Um, there was a lot of movement in that direction, you know, boundaries and, and space and transition. And, you know, there are times when you need to be more aware of um, your thoughts about work leading into your life at home and, and vice versa. But actually, those two things should be close together. They are, they are a big part of you. You're spending a lot of time yeah. in both of those environments. Yeah. So like I is. create hard, hard barriers. Boundaries, yes, but hard barriers.
1: Yeah, not. And right. it's about how you show up in your own life. In every area of your life. That to me is what true engagement is about. And, you know, one of the key concepts of NLP is how we live our lives. And there's two concepts, and I've talked about them in other videos before. But living at effect um, for those people who are, you know, maybe disconnected, they might be saying things like, oh, well, it's because of remote working and hybrid, and I'm not seeing people all the time. And that's why I'm feeling disconnected. And it's not something that I can change. Because the work policy is that I am going to be spending the majority of my time at home. So I can't change it. It's not my fault. It's just how things are at the moment. But when we learn about cause and those people who tend to live at cause say things like, well, I am part of this. I can make a difference. And then they would start changing their internal dialogue to actually, um, you know, I'm part of this. I can change it. Um, and um, what, what do I what would I like instead? Who do I need to ask for help? And how can I change my working pattern to be more connected? And how can, you know, how can I start engaging in a different way to feel different and better about the whole situation? So just to kind of explain what those two uh, ways of living are is really important because it it shows people that, you know, (laughs) blaming other external factors doesn't help. And as soon as we take responsibility and accountability for it and, and actually know that we're part of it, is so helpful because you know not everybody's going to want the same thing but they are going to be able to do something about it and understand how the brain works in order to to change it so that they get what they want because you know not everybody's gonna you know we're talking about zoom calls and stuff like that not everybody's going to want to have the, the backgrounds on and have cameras on because not everybody likes to showcase themselves in that way so it's just a way of finding out what individuals want and how you can Give them the tools to change it, to make them more engaged and feel more part of what they're doing daily.
0: Yeah, I think, like anything, engagement is, it's not fixed and it doesn't just grow or shrink. Mm. It, it ebbs and flows depending on various factors. And what you just described there, and know you mentioned it earlier as well, you know, again, I'm a broken record, but the, the mm. best place to start is self-awareness is, okay, if I want to engage more with my work, with my team. Mm. If I want to feel more fulfilled, if I want to see, you know, be more productive, I want to mm. be more useful, if I want to move on, you've got to understand where that's coming from in yourself first. So, mm. you know, questions like, why am I doing
2: this job? Mm. Which are simple questions, but you kind of get, if somebody
0: asks you that, you usually get hmm, for the money or because I have to, or, hey, you know what, there's, you know, I like the people. There's usually surface answers mm. out. And it's about looking below that and looking for, okay, so, Let's be blunt. At the moment, work isn't an issue in terms of finding a job. It's it's a pretty decent market Mm. to finding work. There are exceptions, but generally speaking, finding a job isn't too much of an issue. Mm. So, probably more choice than has been for a long time. So, you don't generally have to just take a job for the money. There are other things that should attract you to it. So, look beyond that. There are there are many ways to make money. Mm. So, why have you chosen that way to make money? Yeah, my daughter's working at a certain fast food restaurant uh, chain at the moment. It's her first job. Um, you know, many aspects of it she doesn't like, but she her best friend works there. Um she mm. loves the sort of organization bit. She loves the fact she doesn't have to think too much. She's studying her A levels, which is intense for her. So at this job, yeah, there's stuff to follow, but most of it's pretty to brain She mm. there are things in there that actually back relaxes her. Um, yeah, she doesn't like smelling of food every day mm. you know, there are being on her feet all the time. There are things she doesn't like, but there are th- reasons she chose that job over mm waitressing or um a paper round or whatever um so look for those reasons and ask yourself that because once you understand that yourself or at Mm. least a bit better you'll be better prepared to engage with the rest of your team yeah yeah you're doing
1: your job yeah and i think a massive massive part of this where i think some companies really really need to focus a lot of their efforts on is being honest about where they are and how they feel about things because Some of those stories will be true, but some of those stories won't be true. And this is where, you know, the study of NLP and, you know, I'm a keen follower of Brené Brown and what she does. Um, And just getting down to the facts of the situation can really help us move forward because some of those stories that we tell ourselves about, you know, why we choose to disconnect, you know, because somebody looked at us a funny way or, you know, we had a meeting which didn't go particularly well and we're feeling like we're outcast or we haven't got a voice or anything like that. And then that turns into a very unhelpful uh, self, self-dialect, doesn't it? And then we don't put ourselves forward the next time. But actually, if we had those honest conversations with ourselves to go, actually, what is it that's triggering me? Why am I feeling that way? Obviously get into calls and think like, right, what can I do about it? And then that starts those processes of having those early interventions, conversations, fast and that's what engagement and what we're talking about here isn't it is it's doing little things often when they feel really freaking uncomfortable because it's those little things that we don't do that prolong the pain isn't it
0: yeah absolutely it's that kind of i was um working with a client yesterday afternoon um and she was she's this incredibly successful multiple leadership careers Um, doing an incredible job at the moment. And at the moment, uh, um, she's talking directly to one of the MDs because her director is on maternity. Hmm. Um, And her relationship with this MD isn't as strong. And actually it took one comment to disengage her from the work. And it was Mm -hmm. just that one comment. Disengagement is so easy to create. And it wasn't a comment, it was her response, it was her thinking about the comment. Yeah. but it's so easy to create disengagement yeah. that we've got to actively work at engaging on stuff. Um, so it's kind of you know again, like I said, it's not the situation, it's not that person, what they've said, it's their response. Is it. if somebody else said that, they'd be fine, they they wouldn't disengage, but they chose to disengage for various other reasons. So mm, yeah, it is it is it is about the self awareness and engagement. Yeah. For me, is the way to sort of okay, so I'm aware of this this yeah. this job. I'm aware of what it is. I like about the job. What I don't like about Engagement is then the tool you use to do something with that knowledge. Um, yeah. One of the things, um, just going back to that job thing, it amazes me how many teams I speak to where you ask a simple question. Okay, so what is what do they do? And you get kind of a blank. Uh, um, well, they're a, they're a they're a they're a software developer or they're mm-hmm. a business. Okay, yeah, what do they do? There are meetings a lot. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you sit next to you work with every yeah. don't really understand what their job yeah, is the same as yours even if they've got the yeah. same job but you kind of assume they do yeah. the same. But,
1: exactly and it's really important you know yes in big teams that might be a bit difficult but you know why not have a, um, a kind of policy where you reach out to somebody who you've never spoken to before just to have a chat about what they do daily what inspires them you know having a conversation starter Because then, you know, that drives relationships, you kind of get to know a bit more about the business and what's going on, especially for, you know, we are working remotely. We've got a couple of comments here that I wanted to bring to our attention. So um, uh, Mark says one of his biggest gripes is our obsession with symptoms and effects, not the causes. So, yeah, what do you think about that?
0: Yeah, Mark, I mean, Mark, uh, awesome point. And, you know, he knows me as well in terms of my IT background that so many years spent focused on bugs, rather than the root cause of what's going on. <laughs> yeah. This culture we've got of just patching and patching and patching.
2: Mm.
0: And we think that's the answer. I can see this, I can see this superficial response. If I deal with that, yeah. that'll, that'll take it off the table. It's disappeared. I don't have to give it any attention. But these things come back and bite us. Particularly, they do,
1: yeah. Why not have the uncomfortable conversations you know, quicker? You know, stop that storytelling. Find out what's really going on, you know, maybe not find out straight away, but give the person or the people the space to come back to you in a way that suits them. It might not be a face to face, that might be too confrontational for them, but agree, um, you know, a framework for them to kind of have that conversation with you and work out a, a plan around that so that they know that, yes, you're listening, but, you know, most importantly, you, something's going to be done about it and they're going to feel, you know, like they're learned, that they're heard and they've got a voice. And Audrey says here, um, she says, sometimes people don't like what they think and they may they may feel that it makes them disloyal, which is weird because their disengagement is far more disloyal, you know. Yeah, you know, it's disloyal to themselves because <laughs> they're not being truthful with what's actually going on. And yeah, sometimes we do find the, it really hard to articulate what's going on, isn't it? Especially if you've not, you know, really had the support and help with people around you who can help you work it out and if you've always been that kind of person to not share your feelings in a family setting and it's all sort of like yeah we, we brush that kind of thing under the carpet we don't talk about it and don't worry it will just kind of disappear well if you've always acted like that then you're always going to act like that that work and you have to be taught how to do it in that real safe way with the right people who are going to yeah challenge you but be there to uplift and support you. That's the key. And this is the thing that tends to not happen is that people don't want to talk about it or they don't react well to it because they don't know how because, you know, it's a skill.
0: It, it is a skill. And like any skill, it, it requires practice. That,
2: like you said, that idea that you ask a question and somebody can
0: provide you with a fully, far, fully formed, articulate, clear response is just, just rarely happens. Mm. Um, and just engagement comes through exploring things. Mm. Oh, okay, so why do you do that job? Oh, I do it because of this. That—that's not a conversation that happens, obviously. Hey, so talk to me about this job. Well, you know, I think I started because of this and that, and this and that, and that and that. I'm not sure. in Oh, okay. Why are you not sure? But it comes through conversation. Mm-hmm. It's the—it's my biggest gripe with <laughs> um, employment surveys. Um. There is, there is a time and a place for a survey. There's a time and a place for a snapshot, particularly the, of yeah. trying to capture a view of a lot of people. Fundamentally, I would know, always come back to, if you need to use a survey to see how engaged your team is, your team is not engaged. It's as simple as that. You're not getting a decent flow of information
2: mm. through
0: the team in conversations that you can reasonably well get a feel for how engaged they are, then you're not engaged. Mm. What most organisations do is they'll do a survey. They'll get something back, such as "We feel disengaged from our leadership." Okay, brilliant. Tick. We will go and send all our leaders on a leadership call. They got into that symptom. Okay, mm-hmm. the symptom is they're disengaged from the. Instead of okay, it seems like everybody's disengaged from the leaders. Let's explore that. Let's have some. Mm-hmm. Let's have some conversations. Let's have some workshops. Let's have some, um, one-on-ones. Let's have some, you know. Uh, Confidential boxes where people in chopsters, let's gather, let's create a conversation mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. that rather than assuming that the problem is the leaders then, so let's send them all on training. The problem might be you've got the wrong leaders. The problem might be um, the leaders are just stressed at the moment and haven't got the time because you're pushing them on other stuff. But the, the problem might not be the leaders at all. It might be who knows what it is. Mm-hmm. This is this, this culture we've got into of It's a scratching
1: I guess, the surface.
0: Yeah, I want, a, I want a simple answer. This gives me something to do. Yeah. You've now said leadership is a problem. I can do something and it makes me feel good. It feels like we're making progress. Mm. You've got to get under the skin of it. Um, Mm -hmm. Mark's just mentioned, is it, um, do you both think it's often more a cock up than a conspiracy? Mm. Absolutely, I think you should never underestimate the power of incompetence of just, Mm. not in a negative way, but in a lack of training, lack of experience, lack of time and energy. one of the things I you know good place to start with a with an individual and a team is nobody goes into work to do a bad job. No <laughs> no burger mm-hmm. flipper goes into a burger joint to make an untasty burger. No mm-hmm. no software engineer goes in to write bad code. No leader goes in saying, I'm gonna disengage my team today.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Work from that assumption that nobody goes in with that intent. Yeah. That then frees you up to say, so why is that happening? Yeah. Why am I creating untasty burgers? Why are untasty burgers? Why are we getting feedback with these burgers? And why are? Why am I feeling disengaged? If that wasn't their intent, what yeah. else is going on? And that then puts you in a stronger position to start asking questions about Because yeah. you're not saying you made me disengaged. You're saying <laughs> I know you. That's not why you came into work today. And that can be hard. You know. But you, I think you said it. That diseng- that. It's not the situation. It's not your mm-hmm. body not your team member it's your response Mm -hmm. and looking at that that self-awareness yeah
1: Um, because you know this is the thing that we find with uh, with organizations isn't it one of the main problems that they find is that they give out the communication but it's not received in the right way because we all take in communication differently and why would you expect for one piece of communication to land with everybody in the same way well we none of us see the world in exactly the same way and it's really simple things like that that can, when you know how to do things differently and add variety to it so that you're always doing visual communication, audio communication, written communication, having, you know, rewarding the re- behavior from the inside out by having, you know, change leaders or whatever it is and, and, and finding a reward pattern for the behaviors that you want to see and encouraging more of that. Because, you know, as a team, if somebody if somebody's going to turn around and say, well, you know, I really liked it when you did that. Most of other people's ears are going to prick up and go, yeah, that was really, really good. And I really enjoyed that. Um, but sometimes we get too busy. You know, that's the thing, isn't it? Most leaders say, oh, we're, we're, we're too busy to kind of take notice. Our KPIs are being reached. Everybody's being really productive. We're fine. But that's the moment that engagement is lost because they're not purposefully disconnecting to enjoy those moments of finding out who they are, who their team members are, and having those moments to, you know, also create happiness and joy at work because why shouldn't we do that as well? And going back to what you were saying earlier about, um, you know, having those kind of hookup situations for the conspiracy, I also believe that to improve engagement, and again, this is proven with what we've done with with working teams is to freaking say sorry, and mean it rather than, you know, I'm the leader, I'm, you know, the head of department, or I, I did something, whoever it was, a team member, whoever it was in the organization and just, you know, ignore it, and just go, oh, you know, let's just move on from that is to actually say, you know, I'm really sorry that happened. And it could be, you know, production issue. It could be something that you said, the way that you behave, the way you reacted, but to openly apologize to, you know, your team or a person, whoever it is and learn from it and move on and don't let it kind of affect you going forwards but find different ways to do that differently but once you do that you kind of unarmor you know using Brené Brown words here and just go, look I messed up and I am human we are not robots in this team and there are going to be times where we do fail but failure is really good and there is no such thing as failure it's only feedback Um, and I can do it and you can too and let's be honest about it and let's work out why that happened let's do it fast because then we'll get to find out what works
2: absolutely and think the the, the fast word is interesting in that if you think about
0: sometimes apologizing it's not the apology itself that is actually the key turning point it's the taking the moment Mm. fast so when when something's been made aware to you taking that moment to say okay um let's talk about that let's understand it rather than Quite often, and you know, I do this with, you know, we all do this in certain aspects of life, The kind of something's pointed out you go, oh, yeah, sorry. That's not, even though you mean it, you've mm. not taken the moment yeah. to understand what's mm. going on. Yeah. And engagement comes from understanding, a deeper understanding, particularly around the work. Um, you know, what's going on with the work? What's going on with the, the reason you're all together? What have I done? What have I said? What am I not doing? What have I not said? That's not helping. Um, or not encouraging, and help me understand that. And then when you realise, okay, I did something wrong, then apologise. Apologies mm-hmm. need to be specific. Yeah. Um, so I think for, for me in a team, it's that kind of, there's, a, there's, there's two extremes. There's not apologising, mm-hmm. there's the e-joke apology, you know, mm-hmm. apologizing. apologise. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's, you know, the, the, the real value is in the middle of just, okay, what's going on? You know, mm-hmm. help me understand it. And we learn from this. That's what you want. You know, an apology is not the end of the hmm. conversation. Apology well, is, I've done something wrong. I apologize for that. I won't do it you now. I will try not to do it again. Or yeah. Yeah. I will try to learn from this. So, or whatever it is. So, there has to be something
1: from that. Yeah, yeah. Audrey, Audrey says here she can remember having to do this when she momentarily screwed up term dates and added two more working days for my staff. I just put up my hand and realized I, and I fessed up quickly. And and then that's it, isn't it? It made, obviously made her feel better just by getting it out there and not dwelling on it and letting it fester and turn into something that was much more unhelpful. And she was just open open and honest to go, okay, great, it's out there now. What can we do about it? And and that's the thing, isn't it? People don't need to pretend. (laughs) And this is kind of part of what we do, isn't it? It's just saying, look, you are human. You can bring your full self to work. There are going to be times when you mess up um, and there are going to be things that you need to learn. But the only way you can do that is to start really engaging in a in a in a different way if things, you know, because what we do is also help people who are already doing really well. That's the thing. We don't just help people who are struggling, do we?
0: No. No, engagement isn't a there's a problem and therefore engagement will fix the problem. Engagement is continuous. It's it's contextual it constantly changes because your life changes the work changes um the world around you changes my word does the world around us change fast <laughs> yeah um but so there's always things going on like i said earlier on this this kind of ebb and flow so when you kind of understand your job and you you start to talk about what other people do in your team and their job you know and things like asking questions like okay so right now what are the three most important responsibilities you have got missing? What do you think are the three most important things you do right now? Mm-hmm. That can change. Mm,
2: so yeah.
0: Regularly asking a question like that. Okay. Yeah. So it's, been, it's been six months since we've mm. explored our job. So, you know, last time you said this, this, and this was the most important thing. What, what, what is it now?
2: Yeah. Is it yeah. safe
0: change? Because it does. Yeah. Been, you know, well, just everything is changing so fast. What might have been, I guarantee you, what was the three most important important priorities responsibilities pre-lockdown would have changed drastically pretty yeah. much everybody
1: exactly Every exactly month. and I think it's just taking note also of people's natural rhythms in when they want to engage and when they are you know ready to engage and actually the uh, situation popped up in my mind just a minute ago about I did a blog for teenagers because I help teenagers as part of my other work as well and when our kids come through the door, we've got five of them, and they, they are mostly teens, so they're not particularly talkative at the moment. But when, you know, when they walk in the door, it's like, how's school? And they go, good, You know, hoodie up, looking down, not wanting to talk. But then what I really started to notice is that when they went to bed, all they wanted to do was talk. And it was like, oh, well, this happened today, and you never guess what, and la, 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 la. And I'm like, I can't now tell them to go to bed, obviously. You know, I tell them to go to bed when it's time to go to bed so they're not taking the mickey. But I'm like, right, well, I'm going to conserve some of my energy for this because I really want to be there with them when they're ready to talk because that's a really nice moment. And it's just getting those real nuggets of joy and making the most of them. So this is the kind of thing that you can do with your teams. You know, there's no difference, is there, between what works in the family also can work in your team family. And it's just noticing what what they like doing and how they like doing it and encouraging it, but also setting aside that regular time to you know have those conversations starters and it, it doesn't even need to be something serious it, because what we tend to find when we have conversations it does lead on to other things isn't it when people are relaxed <laughs> and they're not tense and they're not thinking oh god I've got all this work to do and I can't really you know set aside the time to do this and I really need to be engaged but they're thinking about all the other things that are going on in their life what they're having for dinner and you know all their other responsibilities and their workload, and you know, the price of petrol, £1.90 today. Ah, <laughs> You know, there is so much going on. So I think it's a real mix in a team to notice what's working well and make it even better, and then setting aside the time to make it happen regularly, and to find different ways and ask people, they you know, what they want, but also guide them in, in a direction that you know is going to be helpful and expect to make mistakes. And you know, that's, the continual part of learning isn't it and developing
2: yeah I think you know for me that's pick your moment mm.
0: and more importantly learn when to pick your moment um like I said with kids you know I will never ask my kids anything interesting or request for information or anything other than uh, maybe take the mickey within about an hour of them eating because mm. you know where he just you know, it's not engaging any conversation, and I've learned that through trial and error. Should have known that from, from the get go, but you know, I've kind of learned that. But again, you know, knowing that Jack is not really a morning person and spring really mm. on Jack, right, Jack, you know, t- today I'd really love to learn about your job today. What you do, you know, springing that on the first thing, um, you know, play around with that stuff, learn when to engage when other people like engaging, mm. um, and just kind of you know. Your moment, like you say, I think there's there's you want sometimes you know to go to turn engagement around fast, which is the point of this conversation. Sometimes you have to go slow, and that's taking a breath saying, Okay, is this the best time to do this? Yeah, and not when, yes. And sometimes yes. it might not be the best, it might be the second best, or whatever. You know what, guys, we've been putting this off for a bit too long. Yeah. Have a conversation about some stuff, when do we do it? Yeah, um, yeah. again, asking those questions rather than um assuming
1: yeah you know. and it's you know it's sometimes when we start these conversations we're so scared about saying the wrong thing so we put ourselves on our back foots already but actually when we just go into it and just say what we want to but using our human intellect to just be compassionate it's always going to go well and you know understanding how the ras works that that part of the brain that filters 4 to 6 pieces of information if you set your ras to the conversation going well And if you're being an engaged conversation, the chances are it will be because you're looking for the good that will come out of the situation rather than, oh, this person isn't going to want to have this conversation and it's not going to go well. They're going to be really against what I'm saying. So it's just, you know, understanding a little bit of neuroscience, trying different things um, and thinking, you know, to yourself, what do I like? How do I like to be engaged with? And maybe writing that list of, you know, five things because the chances are if you like it, then other people are going to do it and they're going to like it. And then you can find ways to make it happen and, and start suggesting that because most people would, wouldn't have even gone down that process to work out what they like because that's the whole you know, point, isn't it? Every team is different. Um, and maybe asking that question to your team is a really good place to start as well.
0: Yeah, I've, um, I've worked with teams where they've measured their success of communication by how many Slack channels they've got. And oh, us mm. Look how many Slack channels we've got. And it's kind of like, does that suit everybody? And it clearly mm. suits a lot of people because there's mm. a lot of conversations in some of them. But if you go into a lot of them, you say, "Well, there's see, see three, 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 three people commenting a lot. That's great. Mm. You've got seven people in your team. Where are the other four? Mm. Oh, they're quiet. And it's not that they're disengaged. It may be that they don't like the engagement chat. Yeah. Their preference is probably more face-to-face or whatever. Mm-hmm. And That doesn't mean you have to stop using Slack and just do face-to-face, and they never have to. It's actually about saying, being intentional, saying, you know what, I prefer those quick, short conversations by Slack, because my brain, that's how I, you know, my brain is good for that, it works well. I'm not so good face-to-face. Okay, I'm really good face-to-face, I'm not so good on that. Yeah. How do we we bridge that? Yes, yeah. How do we bridge that? Do we, you know, but just airing that, just increases engagement by itself you know Mm -hmm. my pref my communication preference is a bit funky but Mm -hmm. hey ho my communication preference is email my communication preference is slack my communication Mm -hmm. is telepathy whatever it is Mm -hmm. um and see what and then just say what does that mean oh is that why you're so quiet i thought you just weren't interested in this work oh no god Mm -hmm. i'm really interested in that work and actually i'm pissed off because you guys are Flying ahead, and I just oh, by the time I catch up with the conversation, you've already sorted it out. Yeah, yeah. We've had a five-minute video chat. I could have, we could have done this, this, and this, and I, I'd have been mm. really engaged in that. Then, ah, okay. We'll, we'll do yeah, the yeah. chat, and then we'll say, Bob, yeah, right. we finished. Do you want to join us for a quick video chat? So, just airing yeah. those things is,
1: really yeah, yeah. And, and it's yeah. the way that the language that we yeah. use well, isn't it? I, I had um, an email that came in from a theatre group that my daughter used to belong to, and they've lost. Well. Some of the kids basically haven't brought back these gowns and I'm going to read the first I'm going to read it for you I'm not going to give out the details of who it is but good morning to you all I can't tell you how very disappointed I am that my request for the return of the gowns has been ignored by many of you uh, the costumes cost money to make and now precious funds will have to be used as a source of replacement there were 15 ga- 15 of the gowns handed out and only six returned and it goes on and says ah oh, somewhere I thought you would respect enough to support. (laughs) And you're like, yeah, this is, you know, a a team in a theatre group. But often we find this kind of toxic email conversations happen in our workplace. Is that going to get you a good result with communication and engagement? Absolutely not. But we see it and experience it a lot of the time. And, you know, I'm actually going to email this woman back with a suggestion as to how she might be able to change it because you can still say that in a very different way and probably get a much better response. Well, 100%, you would definitely get a better response because initially I read that and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you can hear the anger in it, can't you? It's like, ah, you know, and you're instantly going to disconnect from it and go, oh, I'm actually really scared now because she might bite my head off when I do come back with a gown. And it's the same in, you know, the corporate world. Getting a crappy email, is going to have a crappy response and that's not what engagement's all about and then we can change our language change where it's coming from have an idea of where you want it to go and then pace someone to a much more helpful place so it feels feels good for them it feels good for you better outcome all around joy at work job done
2: what what i like about that is
0: not the email what i like about <laughs> the response to that is so many people say, oh, you know, I have to stop being angry. I have to stop being annoyed at this stuff. I have to stop caring. Mm. No, 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 We have to change the way we interact with those feelings and the tools yes. we use to express that. We still need to be us. If something frustrates you, if something angers you, mm. notice that. Don't yeah. deny it. Don't hide it, because that will make it worse. Yeah. We, what engagement is about and what, you know, connection will help as well, having a, a deeper connection with the people around you, because you'll understand yourself and them. What it's about is finding the best way to express that in a way that's. You know, hmm. I'm not saying this is right, but a step closer would be something like, "All the gowns are missing." You know, at the moment, I'm feeling confused and and if I'm honest, mm-hmm. a little bit annoyed about that. Can you help me? What mm-hmm. can we do to resolve this situation? Yeah. You know, not denying it. You know, this, there's, this it's quite often this nirvana of an engaged and connected and healthy team means that they're all smiles and everything's lovely. No, people it's are
2: going
0: <laughs> to get angry. They're going to get sad. They're going to get disappointed. It's feeling safe enough to articulate that in a way that is useful and is not judgmental, is not damaging, is not toxic. Mm. It's mm. actually an expression of where you are. And there are there are ways you can teach yourself to do that. So
2: yeah. don't
0: deny your true self. It's about changing the tools you use to express yes. that. Um, and that, again, takes practice, program. Mm. Um but yeah, you know, not oh, hi. I see the girls are missing. It'd be lovely if they could be returned. That's not going to get you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh,
1: that's the thing, you know. Uh, but also, you said that hi. That just reminded me. You know, when we pretend in teams that everything's okay, but actually behind the scenes, people are like, oh my god, I feel really bad. You know, I've got too much work. I'm completely feeling overwhelmed. My boss doesn't understand. You know. Uh, Everybody else in my team is really struggling. People talk. They talk to each other. And then those conversations reflect in other conversations with suppliers, new business, potential new business, you know, current account, you know, you know, the current clients with the conversations that people have in supermarkets with their families. It has an effect. And just to kind of gloss over and pretend everything is okay is just so damaging because people, you know, people talk. And why not just have those conversations early so that that kind of toxic, you know, self-perpetuating pe- negativity is blasted out of the water? Because actually it's like, it's quite easy to jump on that bandwagon sometimes, isn't it? If we're not feeling too great in ourselves and we're like, oh, God, yeah, I feel like that too. And yeah, so bad. Um, and it's just so damaging.
0: It is. It, it damages in that moment, that relationship with those, but it reinforces that behavior you will you will engage that way again like you say if that's how you respond to your team um then that's how you will respond to your customers that's how you will respond to your clients to your vendors to your partners yeah when you get home it reinforces that mm. behavior. again mm-hmm. doesn't mean that the emotion you're feeling the response you're having is invalid it's about reflecting on that and saying okay What's the most useful thing I can do here to express this situation?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, And, you know, reflect on yourself as well. And I think we get caught up in the minutiae of our tasks and actually stepping back. Like I said, start with a job, start with a task, Mm -hmm. look deeper than that. Why why are you doing that job? What's the meaning it has for you? Yeah. Um, Is it actually having that? You know, you you said about being honest to yourself, is it actually having that meaning? I do this job to help people. Mm -hmm. I love helping people. Okay. Who are you helping? How many are you helping? Are you really helping? Do you know how much you're helping them? You find out how much you're helping them. Mm-hmm. If you've not got that kind of understanding, then there's going to be a gap. Well,
2: mm-hmm.
0: My value is, yeah. you know, yeah. I want to do this to help people, but I don't. That's
1: it. And like, it's, it's, it's not helping people. Yeah, it's just, it's not accepting that it's always going to be that way as well. You know, well, my team's disconnected and they're not engaged. And it's like, well, yeah, but you can do something about it. And if you can't personally do something about it, ask somebody for their help. And if they don't help, ask somebody else. Don't just give up. (laughs) That's the thing, isn't it? And you might get to the point where you think, actually, this isn't the right organisation for me. I need to move on. And, And that's fine. That's a journey that you've got to take, regardless of what position you have in that company. But you have to always remember that you are in the driving seat of that engagement.
0: Yeah. Hi, team. I'm feeling a bit disengaged. How are you all?
1: yeah
0: see see where the conversation goes not to fix it not not yeah. with an intention is- to come out of that conversation engaged but just to say mm. just to start a conversation and again yeah. you know like I said that ripple effect um like you said there about people talk people you know it happens it's happening anyway mm. disengagement ripples so throw a different stone in and see the ripples something yeah. happen anyway Yes. So you might as well at least try. You'll be expending energy and effort disengaging. You yeah. might as well spend some energy and effort engaging.
1: Absolutely. Great right stuff. Conscious
0: of time. Was there anything yeah. else you wanted to mention in the conversation? Anything else we've not covered?
1: No, Mark's last comment was tolerating when employers bring problems is key for managers, i.e. there is a reason they don't get raised before.
0: Um, um, I, I'm all for... I'm against this kind of movement that we've had where, you know, bring me solutions, not problems. No, no. <laughs> bring, me, bring me problems, bring me thoughts, bring me ideas, yes. bring me solutions. Yes. Don't bring me a shutdown attitude of, here's yeah, something, yeah. I'm done. No. Bring, me, bring me something. Yes. Bring, take that to your team. Again, disengage from that expectation that I'm bringing this to you for you to fix it. Maybe you're bringing it to them for some help, or some insight, or you want them to take it on. Mm. But actually, disengage from the... the That expectation of it being completely resolved Mm -hmm. uh, and have a conversation about it and that that's a safe that's a constructive that's an engaged environment where Mm -hmm. i've thought something i just wanted to raise it what do you what do you think
1: yeah yeah where where are you where are you at with this right now yeah what do you think
0: um can we explore it
1: yeah i like that i think this is my key takeaway for the conversation really and i haven't heard you talk about this before but yeah bring me problems i want to know what the problems are because without knowing you know we're just guessing guessing doesn't help (laughs) so yeah yeah, don't bring me solutions bring me the problems because then when we when we know what we are what they are we can work out what to do about them and who needs to do what and where your place is in all of this i love that
0: brilliant release yourself that expectation you've got to fix everything yeah yeah and sometimes sometimes you'll see something yeah open yourself up to seeing something or yes
1: yes that's, all. that's
0: the only expectation
1: in there. yeah and a really great skill actually when you're talking about being able to disconnect also in conversations is when you ask the question being able to stay silent rather than fill that space and coming up with a solution yourself you know if you actually really want to hear what somebody's got to say you know maybe ask it in a few different ways and just be silent yeah it's going to feel a bit weird the first first few times you do it but actually that's when the real quality of conversations happens
0: I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and that from today's conversation, you heard how important it is for you and your team to have more conversations and understand each other more. Please head over to LinkedIn to join Tasha and I in more conversations like this and head over to colinmoby.com forward slash sprint to spirit. That's the word sprint, the number two in the word spirit, where you can join a community of professionals who want to help their teams develop a team spirit you can all benefit from and that really matters. Speak soon.